What did you say the name of this place for? This is paradise. Welcome once again to Hollywood RX, your unfiltered, unprocessed, unregulated, and highly concentrated take on the movies. As diagnosed and discharged by your humble hosts, myself and Dr. Adam Dooley. How you doing, Adam? I am doing fine, Gregor. Uh, it's a good evening. It's good to talk to you. Same here. You know, for our listening audience, Adam is used to calling me Greg, so he 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 does sound a little stilted. Oh, Go did I? <laughs> Gregor. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, good evening, Gregor. Is that better? Oh, just say, <laughs> just say. I've never put you. I've never, never posed. Oh upon no. You. That is true. No, you haven't. I was, I, I was doing it. To, to go with rebranding, <laughs> you have always been in the elite. Knew him when. Yes, club. I was grandfathered in, calling you Greg. And I again exactly. a peek behind the curtain. This is possibly the first time I ever, in all seriousness, called him Gregor, and uh, you immediately <laughs> called me out on it. That's great. Um, well, it, the idea of talking to you was nice until we actually started talking, and this is, uh, you know, either way. But, uh, no, I'm very excited to finally talk about this, uh, this movie with you, all um, per my. personalities aside. Why don't you uh, launch right into, uh, into your thoughts on The Shallows? Well, if I had to sum it up in two words, those words would be intense. <laughs> I really dug this movie. I <clears throat> there was definitely enough cheese in it to keep me at an, you know an objective distance, but there were plenty of moments where I was really uh, white knuckled. That's great, uh, <laughs> great white knuckled. That is uh, hilarious. First of all, gosh, you're on top of your game tonight with intense and great white knuckled. I'm gonna have to bring it. I'm afraid to. <clears throat> um, those are uh, those are solid. Uh, I, you know what? I felt the same way. I thought that I was comfortable with the amount of my brain that I had to check at the door and the resulting roller coaster. I don't even know if roller coaster is the right word. Um, the excited, the, the resulting thrill ride was worth what I had to check at the door. Um, and the whole thing was worth, certainly worth the price of admission and then some for me. And frankly, I chalked that all up to Blake Lively. I thought she was, she really carried it. She was, she was intense. They, maybe she didn't look quite as uh, dehydrated and <laughs> uh, unpretty, but uh, I thought I thought she was amazing. Yeah, I um, that's uh, that's a good point. But uh, let's let's step off our quick takes, which we was essentially done, and launch right into our full full okay. fledged uh, deal with it. Um, <laughs> And deal with it, you must. But get on with it. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought she did a terrific job, Blake Lively. Um, given that, uh, you know, that whole challenge of basically being the only actor on screen for, you know, for all intents and purposes, obviously there's, she has a little bit more. It's not, um, it's not quite like uh, Tom Hardy's Locke. 
where he was really the only one you ever saw on screen. Um, here you do get a few other characters or glimpses of them, but um, I thought she really uh, held her own. And this is the second time I've been very impressed by uh, our Miss Lively. Riveted? Do you want to say riveted? Uh, yeah, I think riveted is fine, but the previous time I wasn't necessarily riveted, but I was very impressed on a particular occasion in the past, which we can get into into later. Well, 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 let's make sure we're all talking about the same one. Oh yeah. Well, okay. What? Where? Where are you? Uh, where? On the Blake Lively scale? Yeah. Uh, I think I only ever saw her otherwise in uh, what was it? The town. Yes, the that's ben, the one. Ben Affleck. Yeah. That is the one. Um, yeah. She did sort of like. Um, oh, I'm not going to remember the name of the actress, so that is bad. But I'll try to remember it later. Um, she just sort of came off like I don't think I'd ever really seen her before that in anything where I had any idea it was. I, did, I didn't see any of the Sisterhood movies, Sisterhood and Traveling Pants one or two. So um, the town was really the first time I'd seen her, and um, I just thought she was really, um, really a knockout in that, in a fairly small part. I, uh, I I caught glimpses of uh, a smaller film she did called The Private Lives of Pippa Lee, yes. which looked interesting. But, uh, but yeah, it, no, I never I never caught her on TV either. Yeah, had you seen uh, Pippa Lee before the town? It came Info, out before the no, town. Only okay. Pieces. Um, and and uh, did she have much of a part in that? It says young Pippa uh, was the character. That's a question. I don't know. Okay. Um, who is the actress? Yeah, but, I mean, she, but it's she's the lead. It's her. It's her movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Who is the actress who played? Who was in? Um, it's funny that we're talking about the town, which was a Ben Affleck. Did he direct that as well? Yep. Ben Affleck. And who's the who's the buddy yes. in that? Who's the buddy in that? Um, Johnny Renner. Yeah, Renner. Um, but she, who was the mother in Gone Baby Gone? Was that, I want to say Amy Adams, but I don't think that's right. No, it's um, Amy, uh, she was on The Office. Um, yes, exactly. You're so funny. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, not Amy Adams, but I think it's another plural. <laughs> you, yeah. know what else, you know what else she's in? She's also yeah, in, she was uh, in the wire. Uh, yep, yeah. uh, I mean she's she was in she's in Central Intelligence, available at your local cinema now. Uh, so I think that's hilarious that we're remembering this other actress from all these tremendous things. Every, but uh, everything after. her name is Amy Ryan. <laughs> Amy, Ryan Amy Ryan was flat out fantastic in Gone Baby Gone to the extent of which yeah. uh, I know we're not doing that that movie, but I just happen to know this piece of trivia that she was barred from the set by the security team because they thought she was an actual person in the crowd. That's just insane. Like, they thought she was a local, a townie or whatever, a Southie, and they wouldn't let yeah. her in. Oh, my God, that's so awesome. Um, so when I saw Blake Lively in the town, I, it was reminiscent to me, or maybe I think of that performance as being a mini version of the Amy, Amy Ryan's work in um, the other... Uh, ben Affleck directed 
<coughs> uh, things. So, anyway, um, I just find it interesting. It's, it's funny that it's funny that that, uh, that that you that you needed to confirm that he directed the town because I remember your reaction to the town oh, no. when you saw it. Yes. And, and you said the very very. I said, "What did you think?" And you said. Ben Affleck needs to no longer be in the movies he directs. Oh, that's that funny. That is a word-for-word quote. <laughs> well, now hang on a second. All right, as long as we're going to dance this dance. Um, I think Gone Baby Gone was better because Ben Affleck wasn't in it. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't like, taking a shot. I no, 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 I understand. And, no, I'm just going like, to walk through this. Uh, then the town he was in, and I think his performance in it is one of the low points. And then what's what is after that? Is is after that Argo? And he's in that too. And he's in that too. And I think he's just terribly flat in that. And as long as we're speaking of flat performances by him, we can bring in uh, Batman v Superman. You know, so uh, he, he needs to be a director. Already? What? Did that come out already? <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did, Grandpa. It came out about six weeks ago. No, my point is... Oh, I see. Ah, good point. Thank you. Um, Grandpa. <laughs> All right, no, I'm sorry. So, you know, there's no need. There's, there'll be no need to do, like, you know, to do as a pruder type analysis on this tape. It's pretty clear <laughs> where the show took a turn. It's very yes. clear. yes. Uh, almost in the beginning, when I addressed you by name. Um, in any yes. case, <laughs> I won't do that again anytime soon. So, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I also saw, I also saw um, Blake Lively, and kind of enjoyed in a kind of a um, what do they call that? A uh, guilty, guilty pleasure type way in the movie Church. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Savages. I really want to see that, actually. I was yeah. kind of, you were going to bring that up. Okay. Uh, and that's got, you know, uh, Taylor Kitchen. It's it's weird because it sounds like a very TV, like, let's pull a bunch of people from TV type cast. Taylor Kitch, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I think wasn't Aaron Taylor in, like, the um, uh, superhero movie. doesn't matter. I'm so terrible at this game. Why did why did I why did I do this? Why did I go down this path? Um, um, and Benicio del Toro is in it, also very good in that. <clears throat> so I'd seen her in that too and liked her there, but I, I really feel like her performance. Um, you know, yeah. You were saying? Yeah. Well, I felt like. Well, this. I guess other than. Then, then uh, Pippa Lee. This is really the first. This is really the first time she's carried a movie. Oh, absolutely! And I thought she did a really good job. She um, did all of the heavy lifting here. I think. Um, <clears throat> uh, certainly, I haven't seen any of her I, Gossip I, I Girl I really, stuff either. I, no, me neither. Um, uh, but I was very taken with the scene where uh, she. Uh, how can I put it? She. Uh, Kind of bids farewell to her to her dad and her sister. Yeah, um, I thought that it was handled with the right level of being, you know, profoundly upset but not wanting to kind of lose it. Right. There's a um, there's a technique that 
actors that they teach you in acting school, or they did when I had acting classes a million years ago, which is ha uh, have it but don't show it, particularly with regards to sort of breaking down and crying. Mm -hmm. So no question about it, she was good. Oh, yeah, and that, in that scene, too, where she talks to her family, um, I, I also just liked the fact that, like, we, the, the video wasn't clean. It was like there was a breakup and there was stuff in it that kind of... Mm -hmm. That wasn't just you looking straight at her face saying this thing. That it, 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 it helped give you a little distance from yeah. the emotionality of it, you know. But let's uh, let's just sort of start at the beginning and work our way through uh, in as much as we can. And and well, I I think I think the the the, the camera the handheld camera footage is a perfect uh, way to perfect segue because I thought that first scene was really uh, really affecting. I yeah, absolutely. A great lead-in with the kid and then on the how, beach. How and... it came up later when we actually see it, right, playing out. Uh, yeah, so he runs off, and then we basically—that was essentially a, a flash middle. I don't even know how to describe that really in terms of temporal. Well, it is a flash forward. It's just not, you know, to the end. Or the, yeah, or the story is told in ha in or flashback the story or whatever. Is told in an yeah, extended flashback. It's hard to tell, but we just jump. We jump in space. We don't know that we're also jumping in time. We pick her up. She's going on this ride. I liked how they incorporated the cell phone into the early part of it, that she was well, a normal the, person. But well, it's funny blessed. you say that. Well, I don't know if he if he started it, but uh, the director, Jaime Coyesera, he also did that in nonstop. Oh, did he? Eason, yeah. You're right. And in fact, there's a, right. a moment where uh, <clears throat> the phone gets damaged, so we see a cracked screen, like, like yeah. really amazing. I gotcha. Okay. Well, then, I, then I'm a little less taken by it now, remembering that that was him. Um, I, I remember enjoying it in nonstop, but I don't feel like he should make a third trip to that well. <clears throat> he, the director. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his deal is. Um, um, so, I basically liked setting up that she was a person with a cell phone. I mean, it was basically a way to to establish her cell phone. And I liked when she was interacting with people or looking at pictures, and you'd see them on the screen, in in you know enlarged while viewing it. I generally liked that whole setup. I was pretty uh, happy with it. Um, there is this sort of element, I mean, I think this is true of many movies, but you're there waiting for the, the shark to show up. You know, that's when the movie really starts for you, or for right. me. So I have a little trouble usually during the first 10 or 15 minutes waiting for the story to start, because they're, they're laying the groundwork that they have to to get to it, um... I right. just wish it, I wish it were possible to just go in clean to all these things and have no idea, no preformed notions, because I would enjoy a bunch of it a lot more. <clears throat> and to well, a you certain make, extent, you make it on the screening circuit, yes, right, right, yeah. Well, um, and to a certain extent, in a way, they almost play with that here, because um, the trailers showed certain images, and so when those two guys, they all go, they go. Uh, surfing and so on and so forth and then they take off they get to the car and then she starts to realize there's trouble and she's calling for them and they're pulling away and then it stops while well, all that's going on in the back of my head I know from the trailers 
these guys are going to get eaten. And so I think, oh, it's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. I'm all worked right. up because I think they're going to stop the car and come in. So when, it re- when he throws something in the back of the truck and gets in and drives off, that was an effective moment in the sense of, oh, no, it's not happening now. But then I also knew, but now they're going to have to come back at some point in order for what I saw in the trailer to happen. Right, right. Um, yeah. And so I wasn't necessarily annoyed by that as much as I might have been. I thought it was fun. Because also, those are the guys with the helmet. So even if I'd never seen any trailers, the GoPro helmet, which they established in the beginning and you saw on one of them, even if you never saw trailers, you'd still be going, wait a minute, those guys have to come back because one of them is going to get eaten. At least one of them. <clears throat> I wasn't From, even doing that much math Yeah. in it, to tell you the truth. You were just along for the just, ride. I was just along for the ride. I was I was impatient with the uh, with the blue crush surfing montage. <laughs> even though, right? Even though, again, I, it's totally impressive, you know, and whatnot. But it, it, that that's not so much I think the problem of the movie as it was just me being anxious uh, to be uh, to be riveted. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, then that's, then I'm going to stop you and ask you then what was the problem with the movie. You know, well, the whole befriending the the seagull <laughs> was a yeah. little, you know, and <clears throat> I don't know. I am, um, I know, I know. I mentioned that that, that scene where he, she makes the video to her father and her sister. I wish yeah. we hadn't actually seen the father beforehand. That's fair. That's fair. It doesn't make it better knowing, knowing what he looks like. It didn't work for me when we when she had the interaction with him. I was okay. just like, okay, okay. Even though I thought the dialogue was good, it just was like, okay, here's like the obligatory exposition. Right, right. <clears throat> well, and they and they essentially avoided that in The Martian. They put him up there, and he either had a family or he didn't have a family, but it didn't really matter, and we didn't dwell on it. And we understood being in that situation is bad whether you have people waiting for you or not. And so you didn't necessarily absolutely need it. Um, that's funny you mentioned the, the seagull. Uh, no, that's I think, actually an observation, though, with the Martian, because you're right, because he's in a situation where it doesn't matter either way. And I think you could almost apply, almost apply that here. There would have been the same amount of peril. It, it, it would have happened sooner. Oh, yeah. I oh, I see. Sooner, sooner in screen time. Meaning we could have just gotten to it quicker. She has some sort of like little confession sort of moment. Yeah. Do you remember this? Uh, yes. I think it would have been impactful if we didn't have a visual of the dad and the sister. Yeah. The sister's profile pic to have to, to like suddenly draw back on. Right. Because we didn't know anything about her and then suddenly... She's like almost breaking down at this like intimate sort of revelation to people. She might it has like a broader the scope for its uh, impact is broader. She she can have a non-specified father and sister who right. we have no visual reference for, exactly. but that we just take as family without right, exactly. seeing them. Because now I'm like working in the conversation, the last conversation they had, you know. Yes, but here's the thing. And that's here's also the- undermining that the, the the power of that scene anyway. There's two, two strikes against that idea of getting rid of that in the beginning. And I'm not necessarily defending what I'm about to say. I'm just throwing out there as devil's advocate. 
Number one, if they had taken that out in the beginning, they wouldn't necessarily have gotten to the good part quicker. They would have had two extra minutes for surfing uh, montage. So you might have still taken you just as sound, long. You make it sound like like what? It's a fixed length, and then it has to be. <laughs> no, a joke. These no. are jokes. These are jokes. The second thing is not a joke. Okay. The second thing is the value of showing them at the beginning is that you can show them again at the end, and if you never show them at the beginning, then the thing at the end is less meaningful. And I'm putting meaningful in quotation marks. I disagree. I would have gotten that it's her sister. Okay. No, 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 I would get that it's her sister too. But I think I'm not. I'm not speaking as me in the audience. I'm speaking as when you're sitting down to construct it or build it, you're thinking, oh, we have to spoon feed this to people a little bit more, so that they appreciate right. the reunion. Well, that's why it's there, I believe. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you know, like, yes. For example, gravity. I don't think would have been as powerful if early in the movie. Sandra Bullock had a flashback scene right, with her daughter. Right. Or if while in the very beginning, before everything went wrong, while she was out on the rope, she had some sort of space Skype with her daughter so that we could see them see each other and interact. Well, except the daughter's dead in the story. So. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that part of it. it actually, that's why it was a flashback. Right, that's why it was a flashback. <laughs> well, yeah. Who's the old man now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's why I didn't work a live feed into this. <laughs> right. Okay. I was trying to suggest something ridiculous, and it was even more ridiculous than <laughs> I had meant it to be, as I myself am. Um, yeah. See. Right. Um, I think the reason she makes friends with the honestly just straight out cheap screenwriting <clears throat> is that I think she makes friends with the bird, so she has someone to talk to. Yeah. I know. For right. our sake. I know. <clears throat> You know, um, I mean, other the other, it's either a seagull or or a, or a volleyball floats up on the rock. Yeah, but you know what, Castaway, there, there's a good amount of real estate in that movie where there's no dialogue. It's him oh, talking out loud in frustration to himself, and not even in cheesy ways. Right, right. Oh, you know, like he's like shouting at the jungle. Yes, I do enough talking to myself now. I'm sure you do. <laughs> that. That I I am I have a slightly more patience for it when characters do it than I used to. I would rather the if they're talking out loud that they not exposit. You know, like uh, it, it wasn't like uh, Tom Hanks was going. If only I hadn't gotten on that plane. You know, in in the middle of the forest. If he was speaking, it was right. natu natural to the moment. Yes, exactly. But Lord knows, I you know curse at the. Curse at my shin when it uh, bangs into the, or curse the coffee table. My shin and the coffee table. None of it is my fault. So I think she was, I think that was the function of the bird. Oh, yeah, but, no, I'm sure. No, I know that was the function of the bird. Okay. But, All right. You know, but I, the, not, yeah. not, to, not to have to draw a comparison, but of course, like the, the first movie I thought of during this was uh, Open Water. Did you sure. That? I did. That is like that's like the that's like the, the the concentrated acid version of this story. Yes, yes. And, that's, and that's like too intense for words. Uh, give a little description of it for those who are not familiar. For the folks at home, open water. Uh, basically, it's it's loosely based on a true incident, but it's basically about a couple who uh, go scuba diving on a group tour, and they accidentally get left behind by the boat. 
and it's just the husband and wife just floating with water around them and nowhere to go and, and yeah and then predators below and it's it is that is that's one of the most harrowing experiences you know what i think that's worth revisiting uh while this is still fresh because i don't think my wife who saw this with me i'm not sure if she saw open waters or not the the blessing with open waters is there was two of them they didn't need a seagull to talk to right exactly or uh, a jellyfish you know right um so anyway i totally bought into all of this stuff <clears throat> that was going on there uh i love when she ends up essentially i think she thinks she's swimming for a rock and ends up on the corpse of a whale I don't think uh, she knows when she starts that that's what it is. No, I I, th I think she she was uh, she was thwarted from getting where she wanted to go. Right, right. If I'm remembering it correctly, but yeah, and even that was just sort of like, oh, like the worst place to go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because now she's sitting on lunch. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, if if you're gonna find any way to sort of justify the behavior of the shark. And a lot of people, uh, at least on the message boards, are crying out about how unjustifiable the shark's behavior is. If you start with the idea that she went over and got involved in its food, um, that's, a, that's a thing you can hold on to. Mm -hmm. and, and that wound she ends up with, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, again, arguably, that's a wound that that shark would have made somehow. Um, it, but I think it would have ripped away some flesh. I, it, I, well, uh, okay. I, I, well, I don't think it would just chomp down and then like a bear trap just yeah. pull back I, out. I take, I take that wound to be not necessarily something that happened when it was biting her, but in the interface between, uh, uh, that they connected in some way. And she was, she, she connected with its teeth but not truly in a, it's biting down on her leg way. Mm. Um, because yeah, I don't, I think it would have left with her leg under any circumstance I can think of. Yeah, or at least, a, you know, the majority of her thigh. Yeah. So, but it was a pretty gruesome, I thought well done wound. And I thought they showed it just enough to make it, you know. Yes, and they even managed to find one of my very few and far between squeamish moments. Oh no! Yes, sewing one's own <laughs> flesh. Oh. Uh, yes. Crude, and with a crude implement. Um, <laughs> 127 hours. Did you see right. that? I haven't, but I understand oh. what you're referring to. Oh, you must. You really, really must. Okay. That's that's pretty excellent. Okay. Uh, but I understand, and, and um, although that seems even worse to me than the fictional uh, sew your leg with a earring or whatever it was. Her belt buckle. Her belt buckle. Did she need to be a doctor in this or a med student? That's a good question. I don't know. There's a moment where she's sort of like talking the procedure out loud. You yeah. Know, like so... I don't know. Maybe that's like maybe that's part of the training. I don't know. Maybe that's how they train well, these days. If you a... have to <laughs> operate on yourself, this is how you can talk yourself through the pain. Right. Well, I mean, she certainly does manage to get a wound that should have completely disabled another human being, 
and not have it uh, kill her in a 24-hour period. She gets a tourniquet, but she doesn't leave it on constantly. She loosens right. it up every so often or for the right period of time, although just the general blood loss would probably be a lot. And then she has the, you know, the wherewithal to take an arm off of her um, wetsuit and turn it into or her wet jacket and turn it into right. a, essentially a, I don't know what you would call it, uh, a, well, a covering, you know, that... Uh, like a a bandage of some sort. Yeah, like a wrap. <clears throat> yeah, a wrap. Good, good. So, um, I guess if you make her a med student, she has to be something. If she was a pastry chef, then you'd go, well, come on. How would she know this? Because I'll tell you what. I wouldn't have thought twice about it. In this day and age, you know, okay. what the, you know, she, well, yeah, okay, she watches beer grills too. Like, you know. <laughs> yes. That's true. That's true. I mean, I know I would never have. Uh, I might have thought of the tourniquet, but I never would have thought to let it loose every once in a while. Well, for, well, yeah, yeah, um, and rinsing it. Um, yeah. The yeah yeah it got a lot of details right. I thought, although um, I kind of question. Spoiler alert! I kind of question the shark's ability to unmoor a boy. Well, that was weird, but let's not jump ahead to that just yet. Okay. Um, um, okay, well, here's my question. Yeah. Okay, here's my question. So... Bring it on. Okay, I'm a little boy <laughs> growing up down south, and I, and I grew up yeah, probably learning how to scavenge pretty well. Yeah. Um, well, it just seems funny to me that you'd, uh, well, you'd come across a helmet with a camera on it. But not the guy cut in half. I see. Oh, I see. You mean, you mean El, uh, El Duapo or whoever the yeah, drunk guy yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. Well, presumably he had been. I mean, by the that point, most interesting man. Yeah. <laughs> by that point, it's there that were guy. three people who had been decimated in that uh, in those shallows. And presumably, uh, they were not in in visual evidence when he scampered by. Right, um, because because, when, when, because usually when I mean, if you're setting up a story where a shark is turning to people for its prey, yeah, shark's not going to leave anything behind, like right. half a man. <laughs> well, but the tide is. The whole thing is that they, they, he could have gone out with the tide very easily, I think, or I don't know what. But uh, that's a fair point. Yeah, there shouldn't have been point. anything of him left. It, it okay. looked like he was like sort of like severed in half at the waist. It was not a. It was not a wound consistent with your average shark. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He both his top and bottom half were visible in that shot, right? Yeah, I'm like, how did that? How was that? How is that possible? I don't know. I don't know. I talked to my um, I talked to my son about this movie. I came out. I had a, a lot of fun. I didn't ask a lot of questions or challenge it much, and I just yeah, had fun. And I was describing it to him, and at every turn, he was telling me, "Well, this wouldn't happen because of that, and that wouldn't happen because of this." And I was just like, "You're killing joy. Why are you killing joy? What is it?" And he was just getting me back for all the years I've ruined movies that he's seen. Oh, good. Um, good and I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I said, you know what? I never said anything about Star Wars. I never said anything about those first three episodes. You and your brother were enjoying them, and I never explained to you how terrible they were. I just let you enjoy them. 
but uh, he's still got some payback to do, so there was that. Mm. Um, and as far as her deterioration was concerned, I was fine with it. I mean, she... You were you were complaining about her dehydration or remarking on the uh, the absence of it oh, or whatever. Oh, not seriously. Not but seriously. Just, I mean, okay. I mean, just you know, she didn't get. Yeah, I. I... She's on that beach for twenty four hours, and she had lunch and a drink, halfway through. And no water. Well, I'm saying at lunch, I'm sure she had a drink. And then she's in the water. She's just in the water for a tide cycle. She's just on the rock from a low tide to a high tide. Right. So she's not going to get that dehydrated. And, and if anything, I think her lips were probably appropriate for the exposure to the sun and, and whatever else is going on there. But, uh, yeah, then as it, as it gets later in the film, the stakes all start rising. She does get a hold. I thought for a minute that she was going to have, that there was going to be some um, cloud-type option with the... Um, the GoPro, that she was actually not just going to leave a message that she hoped that one would one day somehow get to her family, but that she um, would be able to send a, a, an SOS, essentially, into the cloud somehow using technology. Oh, good thought. But I don't yes. know that Go, GoPros do that. Using technology, not using sticks and stones. Right. But... Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that GoPros do that, so it, it seems Not like it yet. would be possible. But Not yet. Someone, so, someone, someone listening to this is going to want that <laughs> idea. Going to go invent it. Uh, we want to cut. Let's just say that. So yes. So then she ends up on the buoy. I think the buoy is a smart move because your your oh, island yeah. is going to disappear. And it seemed like a pretty good place to be until the shark had other ideas. And here's where, you can, again, you can start arguing um, the logic of the shark attacking the buoy and her on the buoy and everything else. But here's what I say yeah. to that shark behavior. We can address the, uh, the point you were asking about a minute ago, but just as a general thing, what is generally speaking considered the granddaddy of the shark movie? We don't even have to say it. Why do we even have to say it? Well, if you say it out loud, we can write it in. <laughs> in any case, Bruce the shark ate a motherfucking boat. Right? Yeah. And we, I... didn't, we didn't stand up and walk out of the theater and go, a shark would never behave that way. Uh, we all uh, cheered when his head exploded. Spoiler yes. alert. Yes, but... So... Uh... <laughs> Okay, but in a way, I, I would kind of say that this is like kind of comparing G.W. Griffith and George Lucas. Um, the, the, the level of uh, exposure to shark behavior yes. amongst your average person in 1976 yes. is nowhere near what it is today. And now we kind of know what sharks will do. Right. Well, so you're saying that neither Bruce nor this shark I'm, should I'm behave that way. I'm saying there's a greater suspension of disbelief. Okay. Because, and, yeah, because, because it wasn't... Think about those old scratchy Jacques Cousteau films when you were a kid, <laughs> right? That's the yes. context for Jaws, when Jaws came out. Right. As far as what the average person knew about undersea life, how it looked and how it behaved. 
you know, if they caught it on PBS that month. I'm just saying. Yeah, I understand. Now I understand. we have like, you know, there's like Shark Channel. Yes, it should be a true. Shark Channel. Well, it's Shark if, Week all the time. Here's the argument I will make in return. And again, I, I, this isn't really a very passionate argument for me. But my guess is that if you look at the number of videos online of sharks attacking boats in real life situations, like really attacking the boat, you would probably have a number very close to zero, like where it's biting the boat, looking for videos of it. Let, but if alone, you let alone sinking it. Well, yes, but if you type in sharks attacking a shark cage, you will get a shit ton of videos. And so I think arguably this brute, this uh, shark, which has no name, is more likely to behave the way it did with regards to the buoy than, um, than Bruce was in, uh, in, in the late 70s. Um, because she essentially, it essentially turns into a shark cage. Right. Once it's once it's on its side and she's hiding in the middle of it. Yeah, I know. Um, and it and it and it goes for it. So by then I was well into my. I'm just here for the ride. So I didn't ask a lot of. I didn't ask a lot of questions. Well, I have to tell you because I, I it had me thinking for a while she wasn't going to make it. Yeah, I think I, that's I, fair. Like, once there was that video, I don't know when she made the video to the dad and stuff. I was just like, wow, they might actually. This might end with a little sunset on the ocean. And... <laughs> yes, and a couple of surfers, a couple of surfers running up and saying, "Hey, this is a great place to surf," you know. Yeah. Um, and then that so boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I question. I question whether a shark would would be felled in the way that one was felled. Yes. Um, I I would think that sharks have worked out how to not hit the ocean floor if yeah. they're coming in for the kill. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. I think, I think the argument in favor of it is just that it was in this frenzy, that it was beyond any kind of frustration the shark had ever experienced before, and just when it was about to get her by the pubes, you know, somehow she was zooming through the water ahead of it. Did you have any trouble wrapping your head around the physics of that? Or did you understand what she was doing from the very moment she started doing it? No, I didn't understand it while it was happening. It wasn't until the thing got triggered and she got pulled down. Right. Then that's, and I mean, even then, I couldn't reverse engineer it. But right. I was, I was like, okay, I think... Yes, that's, the, that's where me, if you were to say, what's the problem with this movie, is that Doreen had no idea, my wife had no idea what was going on in that moment. And I just, I didn't, it's better if you have some idea, like if she gets an idea and then you can go, oh, I see what she's going to do. Yeah. That's better than going, what is she doing? And then she's halfway through doing it and zooming through the water and you're like, oh, okay, I think I understand. And not having the time or interest to reverse engineer it. Well, um, oddly enough, I would rather that she had been an engineer in this movie instead of a med student, because then I wouldn't have a problem with whatever the fuck she did. That because is, I would just be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, they know those You're things. a genius, yes. You would rather be a med student who watches Bear Grylls. Um, <laughs> what is that? Running Wild with Bear Grylls or whatever. Yeah. Uh, then... Um, 
and then to be a, a med, uh, I'm sorry, engineering student who watches Bear Grylls. Not, yeah, yeah. Then, then med, the other way around. Then a med student who uh, dabbles in engineering. Right, exactly. In her downtime. Yeah, because I got to tell you, under those circumstances, <laughs> I look down at what the, what's boring the boy, and I would just think to myself, fuck, this is the last thing I'm going to see before I die. Right. Um, so I just want to say that I then did enjoy, I'm jumping back a little bit, when the two guys did finally come back to the beach, I was like, right on, this is it. I was very excited to see what then uh, became of everybody. And I like that idea of seeing it from multiple angles. Yeah, me um, too. I like that there wasn't a straight repeat of the yeah. footage you saw before. Exactly. Um, I thought that was real cool. Um, so I don't think it was literally trying to break the buoy loose. I, I'd have to go back and watch it again. You know, I was I a little was. muddled. I, I feel like it was more like it was just ramming the thing and the thing was breaking at weak points. And the point where the buoy, re where it attaches, would be a weak uh, you point. You might be right. Yeah, you might be right there on the shark northern. <laughs> um, so hats off to uh, to Jaime. Jaime. Oh, absolutely, Sipper. absolutely. But hang on one second while I'm thinking of it. There was something else I wanted to say. Um, I wish Liam Neeson had played the dad. <laughs> Why is that? Well, because this because Jaime's last three movies were with Liam Neeson. He did. Oh, that's true. He did Run All Night. Before that, he did. Oh my God, that's Stop. right. And before that, he did Unknown. So it was like it was a perfect setup. Uh, frighteningly, since we have no idea what her dad does in this right. movie. It doesn't so, matter. Like, he could yeah. have like, you could have seen him. He'd be like loading guns, <laughs> bugs talking to right. her. There these, or like, he could have been engineering something. And there are all these like horse posters on the wall behind <laughs> him, like a high school girl. All right. I even though I looked at his uh, his IMDb, um, the the director. Yeah. I didn't realize that I've now seen four of his movies. Oh, did you see Orphan? Or did you see House of Wax? I've seen. I've, actually, I've seen more. I've seen Orphan, I've seen Unknown, I've seen Nonstop, I've seen Run All Night, and I've now seen this. I did not realize it was all the same thing. Run All Night is absolutely terrible, and I just have some inside information that there were endless reshoots to the point at which... Um, to the point at which... Uh, uh, Liam Neeson uh, basically said, I'm not, I'm not doing another second of work for you people. You know, that's all built into the contracts and so on and so forth, and they're just coming back and coming back, and he'd absolutely had an ass full of it. Was completely sick of them. So I looked at it just from sort of the ghoulish interest in it. But... Right. Um, <laughs> and how were those expectations met? <laughs> oh, no, it was... Uh, also, um, Kinnaman is the guy who plays his son in that. I can't think... Oh, can't think of what his first name is. It might be Greg. Um... And I know him from The Killing, the TV show, the American remake of the Swedish or whatever uh, series. And he was tre tremendous in The Killing, so I, I keep looking for him again and again. He played on the reboot of, um, of RoboCop. He played the, the RoboCop part. Yeah. So he's not, he's not getting the kind of movie roles that are going to give him the attention I would uh, hope for. But... Um, uh, so, yes, uh, what was I going to say to you, though? I had other things to talk about. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me tell you one, <laughs> one thing that really, really bothered me, and I can't, it bothered me a, a great deal, um, which was that 
That, I mean, it's all part of the same thing. The very last scene, essentially, where we're now on a beach and we're a year later and the camera yeah. starts on her. Um, I so very, very much, first of all, wanted to see as we got wider that she um, had a prosthetic leg. That one leg was regular and the other leg where she had been wounded was now a prosthetic leg. Well, that's a good point, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, I was kind of looking for that, and I did notice that that ass cheek was a little saggier than the other <laughs> one. To be, you know, uh, that's consistent. With, yes, yes, fair enough. Um, and so that was one part of that. And I didn't really need to see. I mean, most movies, a lot of movies would just end back at the water or with her getting to land and being in some way rescued and we'd have a big pull back and that'd be the end of it so they wanted to give us a coda and okay fine so she's with her sister and clearly she's embracing her life in a different way and, and more connected with her mother or whatever it is but Ooh. that shot of her dad that guy was never anywhere near them that was such a green screen you never see him in the two shot of the sisters it's a POV when she looks down at her dad. He was added in. I'm certain he was added in after there was this, you know, screenings. And they go, what happened to the dad? And they had never used him at the time. So they had to go back and get him and, or something. I don't know. I was too busy rolling my eyes. <laughs> oh, about what? That there was even a coda? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I, that I was suffering through a coda. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, but it really bugged me that he was so badly sort of lumped in there and it seemed so, um, just so much of an afterthought. Um, <clears throat> so that was one thing that bothered me, but I wanted two little, uh, trivia pieces. One of them I think is more, uh, telling than the other. Uh, the non-telling one was, and you can see it right in the film, during the battle on the buoy, there's a point at which the shark is banging in and blah, 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 whatever it is. Blake Lively j gets tagged in the face by the buoy itself. And she actually was hit and her nose was bleeding and she was, she was hurt. And oh, they wow. just, they kept the beat where the thing, they used the beat where it actually banged her in the head. Because um, oh, wow. when, when I saw it, I went, holy crap, that looked good. That looked real. That looked painful. Um, <laughs> yes. And the other thing, this is just off of, um, uh, this is, I don't know where this is from. Oh, it's from the board, so take it with a grain of salt. But uh, part one of it is that this was on the blacklist, like a, the 2014 blacklist or the 2013 blacklist. For those uninitiated listeners, a blacklist is a, uh, a sort of an informal collection of um, films that, that are, that's put together, this list of films is put together by people who are in, whose job it is to read 300 scripts a year. And, you know, each of them comes across a handful that they think are really terrific that aren't getting made. And those, those movies end up on this sort of informal blacklist, which has been around for 15 years, 20 years, whatever it is, is an informal thing. And now it's become a website and it's kind of been, uh, it's become more accessible to the normal people. But in some ways to me, that takes some of the, beauty off of the being part of it. Anyway, this was on the list before that point and somebody somebody in the in the message boards who had apparently seen the the pre 
the shooting script before it was developed for production. Um, apparently, it wasn't a popcorn movie when it was on the blacklist. There was more substantial... Um, it was more along the lines of, of like a Jaws, where you had like a real uh, a sense of epicness to it, or a, a real a deeper sense of meaning and completeness and fulfilling, so that it wasn't just check your brain at the door, but had a bigger payoff. And mm. I would be very interested to see where, in the course of development, or maybe they shot stuff and that they just started whittling away at it to turn it into this kind of almost a popcorn type movie. I think they should. Uh, I think they should have uh, the versions of scripts available, but in like a track changes format, where you get a little bubble. Oh wow! Say who 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 deleted what? That would be cool. And then you could just you could track the mediocrity as, and you could see. Oh my God! This is going to be a Jim Johnson note. We know it's going to be right. terrible. Um, yeah. That's very funny. I know, he su- I know he suggested that in the salmon draft, but this guy—he <laughs> would have come. On, he would have gone down that stupid road anyway. Right, right. Um, okay, so uh, what's your final take on this? And then maybe we do a little trailer talk. Um, God, generally thumbs up. I was, uh, I was, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty riveted. I was pretty, pretty intense for a lot of it. Yeah. So I say thumbs up. Blake Lively, great job. Uh, so do I. I'm looking forward to seeing more of her work in the future, and uh, I'm certainly going to see Affleck. without Ben Affleck. And I'm probably going to end up seeing more of the same director's work without ever realizing that he's directed it, which is what had happened up to this point. Who is that a commentary on? Who <laughs> decide? Um, now I've been to the movies a couple different times since the last time we talked about any trailers, and some of them were repeats. But there are a few I saw that we hadn't talked about before. I thought I'd touch on them real briefly. Go um, for it. All right. First off, we've got the incredible Brian Cranston with the uh, in, uh, the unmentionable Fran- uh, James Franco in Why Him, a comedy where Brian plays the father of a young woman with whom Franco is engaged, and uh, and uh, Br- uh, Cranston is horrified by the the nature of this. Uh, son-in-law to be and it's kind of like a father-in-law against a son-in-law romantic comedy or family comedy oh man how far the mighty have fallen when you hear about it you go oh oh, hell that's terrible news ah the trailer made it seem a little bit better uh than i thought it was going to be um other than james franco you know adam devine who's in everything is in it megan mullally i think might play the wife megan mullally is a very funny actress um, yep. Keegan Michael Key, who's the black guy who's in everything, is also in it. Oh man, the black guy <laughs> who's in everything. Well, all the comedies anyway. He's everywhere you want to be. Moving on, we have. I'm, all, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it's Sausage Party. The movie is called Sausage Party. It's an animated film from the mind of Seth Rogen, um, among others, Evan Goldberg, his writing partner. And so on. But listen to this list of voices. An Wait, incredible you list. You mean he does more than just write with them? No, no, no. No, I'm sorry if I made that sound uh, more intense than it is. They are uh, writing oh, and producing oh, partners. Okay, okay. That's oh, what yeah, I meant. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. You heard it here first. They were gay married recently. All right, so, but just <laughs> you heard this. It here only. Only. <laughs> uh, this is just an incredible list for voice acting. 
Of course, Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, Michael Sarah, James Franco, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson. It goes on. Paul Rudd, David Krumholtz, Edward Norton, Selma Hayek, Jesus, uh, Sugar Lynn Beard, a name you don't know, but she's also in um, Mike and Dave Get Wedding Dates, which I just saw recently, too. Yes, I'm ashamed. But sometimes you have to do what your wife wants. Um, and there are more, but I won't uh, bore you with them. But that's almost 15 or 20, like, you know, really well-known people who are all very funny at what they do. So I know you don't care. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, uh... You'll see. Well, if you go to and the, here's the thing is if you don't go see the summer comedies, you'll never see the trailer and you'll be avoided all completely. Uh, another one that's getting a lot of uh, airplay is something called Bad Moms, where moms are going to stop being the good mother and, and, and fight the uh, system and just be bad. Uh, Mila Kunis, who seems too young to be a mother, but I'm sure she is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kristen Bell. Well, that's probably because she was playing a 17-year-old on TV when she was probably 25. You know, because she was on uh, that 70s show. Yeah. So you have her locked in your head as probably five or six years younger than she really is. Also, Kristen Bell, Catherine Hahn, and Christina Applegate, among other women. Uh, girl power comedy. So if, if uh, Ghostbusters isn't your thing this summer, go see Bad Moms and help the cause, ladies. And then there was a series of trailers for... Um, even For... ladies is bad, man. <laughs> Holy cow. One day I can get through an episode, he doesn't put his foot in his mouth. Oh, what, you, what you have to understand is that, or what you ought to know, is that I spent 10 minutes uh, a couple of weeks ago explaining to my wife and my son that ladies was in fact a bad, was considered bad. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. How could that be? And I went on Google and I read through it and I explained it all and... And so now to have been inadvertently uh, used it, uh, I feel I feel so I feel so dirty. Um, so lots of horror type films. Something called Morgan. Yeah, I saw that trailer. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, they're all kind of blending because I saw like three or four horror trailers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, we saw uh, I saw Ouija, I saw Morgan, I saw Lights Out. Lights Out, yeah. Don't breathe. Yes, exactly. And I like at least two of them looked like, no, oh, that could be kind of fucked up. I see that. Hi. Well, I tell you what, uh, Morgan just piqued my interest a little bit because it sounded like a, maybe a, a second cousin to uh, Ex Machina. Oh, this right. is a genetic. Yeah. This is a genetically created being, and they're trying to decide whether or not to discontinue it. And it 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 has its own ideas. But listen to some of this cast: uh, Kate Mara, she's a top line interesting, right? Yeah. Gen Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Paul Giamatti. To Toby Jones. I mean, these are really. Those are, you know, I, I find like this kind of stuff interesting. I guess horror sci-fi is better, gets a slightly um, better grade of actor than you get um, when you do just straight out horror. 
Oh, you mean when it's a package deal, then you get bigger fish? <laughs> Maybe. Is that what this is? Uh, you just said horror sci-fi. That's the package. I don't know. Okay. All right. I didn't see any big names in Ouija. No, exactly. And nor were there in uh, Lights Out. No. I don't think there was anybody in Lights Out that you would recognize. Oh, Maria Bello. Or in Nerve. Or in what? Nerve. That was another one I saw. Oh, I didn't see that one. Um, and... Or don't breathe, as far as I can recall. There is another, uh, I just want to say a shout-out quickly. There's a TV series that lasted one season called Lights Out. It is not a horror film. It's a, a boxing series that was uh, quite good. Uh, had a, an actor named Holt McCallany, who you don't see very often in lead roles. He plays a lot of thugs and background guys. Pablo Schreiber played his brother. Pablo is currently on Orange is the New Black, or he was for a while. Stacy Keach is their dad, and it was just a really interesting family dynamic type uh, movie. I'm uh, sorry, TV series that uh, ended before its time. However, this episode is not going to end before its time. It's going to end way past its time, and its time is now. So I would like to thank you all for listening. You want to yes. say, and uh, to say that we will be. Uh, collecting all kinds of new stories and fun things to share with you. Um, what's our next up? I think we're talking about Ghostbusters? I think so. Yes. Oh, yes. We'll all have a lot of fun when we get back to talk about Ghostbusters. Wait, yes. You mean, you mean those lady Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean women. Ooh, lady Ghostbusters. <laughs> I mean women with a Y. Ooh. There you go. Look that up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, we are, as always, your doctors. And until next time, the doctors are out. <laughs>